All right, guys, before we get started in the show, I would like to apologize for the audio that was recorded on my end. Uh, it was totally fine from what I could hear before we started recording. Todd said it sounded like I was in a tunnel. And uh, when I listened to the saved recording from the cloud, it does indeed not sound that great. Must have been something between my interface and my computer, and I'm not sure because the audio I was getting through my headphones was fantastic, but uh, hopefully it's passable, and uh, I apologize. We know there's a problem, and we'll make sure we have it fixed for next time. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining genuine and often meandering conversation between two friends and now the stars of our show jeremy gertz and todd fuss hey todd how you doing buddy good jeremy how about you oh i'm doing pretty good pretty good it's a friday morning you have a good week you know it was a week you know dealing with rain it's either raining or 100 degrees again oh wow one or the other. Yeah. And then last night, right before, uh, right at dusk, it was uh, about 95 and foggy. Oh, it was miserable. Oh, wow. That's crazy. You know, like w- literally wading through humidity. You're like, this sucks. Ugh, yeah. Nasty. <laughs> Nasty. Yeah, no, we've had some some warmer weather, but it's, uh, it's supposed to be nice and cooler today, like high of 18. I don't know what that is, maybe 75, guessing, but it's good. Had a little thunder boomer last night, and no, it's actually been a really good summer. Like, it ha- hasn't been, like, it hasn't been super, super hot. Like, I'd say, like, maybe just 90 is probably some of the warmer days, and had a decent amount of moisture, but it's been a very enjoyable summer, so. Can't complain, I guess. Well, we went Y'all to. Really needed a wet one to make up for last year. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to. We were at the parade. The Strathmore Stampede was last week, and we we're at the parade and talking to one of our relatives who's a farmer. And uh, he said this has been a, a year for his crops like he hasn't had in a while. He said it's so good right now. So it's good. It's good. <laughs> but. Right on. We went to, uh, have you seen Top Gun, that movie? Yeah. Yeah, we went to it last night. We took the kids. I mean, I haven't seen the movie. I know about the movie. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I, I heard it's uh, from, it, it, I haven't heard of anybody saying it's just, meh. I've heard people say it sucked or, man, that was great. Yeah. You know what? I w- I'll, I'll be the first guy. Like, I didn't think it was an incredible movie, but... The one thing I liked about it is that it was clean. Like, like there's not a lot of movies that you can that I feel like I want to take my kids to, you know. And, and I don't know why they'll have a perfectly good plot and they have to put some some trash in there. And it's like, what's the point? But this one was actually clean. I think they dropped like one f bomb and they said shit a couple times. But man, for for such a popular movie, and it there's there's. I mean, there's one scene where you could tell they were, but nothing, no nudity, nothing like that. I was like, man, this, I wish they made more movies like that. That's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go and enjoy this movie. My eight-year-old's going to be there and enjoy this movie. And it's a, it's just a 
good movie. Like, it was fun. There's some cool scenes and stuff like that. But, of course, my boys loved it because they love airplanes and stuff. And uh, apparently they used real F-18s for, all, like, not obviously not the crash scenes, but, like, all those flying scenes and stuff. Apparently they were actually flying F-18s up there. That's what I've heard. But it's a pretty good movie. It's, it's interesting. It's kind of, there's certain parts. Maybe it's just because I'm used to watching YouTube, but certain scenes where it's like, okay, yeah, I get the point. Okay, next. And it just felt like I was waiting for this segment of the movie to, to end. Like there's this one part where they're playing football on the beach and, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, cool. And then they're still playing football on the beach. And I'm like, yeah, get it. Then they're still playing football. <laughs> like, dude, come on, let's go. But. That's pretty cool. It's worth it. It's definitely worth seeing in the big screen because of all the sound effects, right? Like you go to the movie theater and oh, that's so. I love movie theaters now. They got the reclining chairs and that was that the Dolby Seven Point One. I don't know, just phenomenal sound and it really adds to the experience. But yeah, it's pretty good. And other than that, I've been uh, man. This is an impossible task to get a shop set up. It's unreal, man. I, I feel like I just need to sell everything I own and start from scratch. Because <laughs> I can't even find this stuff. I'm like, oh, I need this. Where is it? And it's in a box up on the mezzanine. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Not not having fun, Todd. I know exactly what you mean. I could have had a shop up and running by now. But <clears throat> to do some of the things I want to do to get it up and running, it really should be empty. But mm -hmm. I didn't have that luxury. Yes. I had to put all my stuff in it, piled up. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, you can't get any, you can't, like, put up insulation and walls and build your workbenches and everything with everything piled in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. Or not in the middle of the room. Just, yeah. ugh. <clears throat> so, now I'm thinking about getting a, <clears throat> if it was, if I lived in somewhere more accessible, I'd, I'd already have a shipping container. Oh, yeah. And move everything into it, do what I need to do in the shop, and then put everything back, and then change this uh, shipping container from a shipping container into a, a lean-to for my uh, tractor implements. Oh, yeah. But whatever. Um, I'm still trying to figure out a way to get one down here, but... Yeah, because hmm. you can't get a semi down here at all. Oh, really? Uh, you can get a bo a local delivery bobtail down here, mm -hmm. but they don't like it. Hmm. Um, Would you find anybody with a truck that can move that? Because around here, the guys that move shipping containers, all they got is a is a gooseneck and uh, like a dually pickup truck. Do they have those guys there? Oh, I'm sure they do. It's just, I mean... Probably not right here, here, but, and there has to be a rigging company around. Yeah, yeah. But, again, that's money, money. Yeah, yeah. Hiring a rigging company, that, in my imagination, takes money. Yeah, yeah. And here's why I say that, because the rigging companies I've had experience with, like, move airplanes and ships. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I haven't dealt with a local rigging company. Yeah. And when I dealt with a rigging company moving an airplane um, in pieces, right? Mm -hmm. It's a multi-million dollar 
contract. Yeah. So. Yeah. And even just regular stuff. Like a lot of them speak German mm-hmm. when they get into that level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. And too, like, you know, when you're doing any rigging, um, the safety regulations, and I mean, I know they're the very similar in the States because I've had to, we've had to, you know, set up big uh, frameworks, you know, for to support the conveyors and stuff that the tugs drive under. And just with all the OSHA compliance and the, the Canadian version of that compliance, like, you know, certain slings, you're allowed to use them like five times and you have to throw them in the garbage. And the slings are like 180 bucks a piece. And it's like, man, all that stuff just gets billed to the customer, right? And it's... uh it's crazy how expensive it is. Like really for the, uh, for the amount of work it actually takes to, to do some of this rigging and what you pay for, it is phenomenally expensive just because of the facts of the compliance, which, which I mean, I, I get, I, I agree with to an extent. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to see some janky guy lifting something and somebody dies from it, but man, that the, the safety, well, safety, you don't want to be here when I was moving something the other day. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got a new piece of equipment. And, What'd you get? Uh, a jointer planer combination oh. machine. The one, remember I ordered one and then they quit making it? They just reintroduced it and I bought it as soon oh, as it came out. Sweet. And, and now this is stupid. It's like accidentally buying the wrong table saw blade. Yeah. And instead of just getting rid of the blade, you buy a whole new table saw to fit it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> when I ordered the original uh, joiner planer combo, I ordered spare um, carbide insert for it because it's uh, one of those. Helical head? Yeah. yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so I had the inserts, and then they discontinued the stupid machine and refunded my money without even telling me, by the way. Yeah. So then they came out and it uses the same insert. So I'm like, well, I already had the insert. <laughs> I already have a hundred dollars worth of insert. Let me order a $4,500 machine. You know? <laughs> the way a man's brain works. Is, yeah. It's truly astounding. Yeah. Have you tried it no, yet? But I needed one anyway. So yeah. Have you fired it so up? So it yet came no? in and I had to meet the guy in town. Cause again, you can't get a semi down here. Mm-hmm. So I hooked up the little Tacoma in my trailer, found out the lights didn't work. Um, why? I want to find this trailer ferry and just shove him back in his bottle or yeah. shove the bottle somewhere else. I'm not sure what I would do yet. Yeah. But you park a perfectly good trailer. Everything works on it. Mint, don't touch it. Come back a couple months later and the lights don't work. Like, really? Really? That's how it is. Um, I found one broken wire. And I know how it broke, so no big deal. I just put it back in the connector. Yeah, lights still don't work. Mm-hmm. Really? Really? Yeah. But whatever. Um, and I need to go to town to drop off my zero turn, and I'm going to be risking a ticket. But now I've got the weekend, so maybe I can work on the lights. They they ticket you hard for stuff like that up there? I don't know. To hear you, hear you, I don't, man, half the, half the utility trailers that are, you can tell aren't owned by a company, they don't have lights, they don't have tiddlywinks, man. Like, it's, I used to be worried about that I honestly think stuff. here, it depends on what you look like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always think of, like, Tennessee is down south, kind of, you know, freedom rules, well, and do kinda, whatever you want. It's in the middle of all that. 
Okay. Um, in both directions, it doesn't make any sense because you'll have uh, a soul food restaurant right next to a gas station flying the Confederate flag. Huh. Really? <laughs> huh. Yeah. Uh, but I don't understand people in the Confederate flag anyway because they're rooting for the loser. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Right? You take everything else out of it. If for no other reason, I don't understand it. it. You're rooting for the loser. I mean, they actually lost. There's no redo. There's not a rematch. Um, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Did I tell you about that guy? It's like you're pretending to be a Cleveland Browns fan. Come yeah. on. There's some guys that don't think the Civil War is over. At least oh. back in like 2005 or whatever. Working down in the States. And uh, literally, I had a guy tell me that. A very, very racist and even some of the stuff he said I certainly don't think would be worth repeating on a podcast but anyways he'd said a few things and this and that and I kind of asked him some stuff about the local history of the area and just shocked me apparently is living in like the heart of racist Regnetville and uh told me this one thing about this town and I'm not gonna repeat it but uh he leaned over at the end of it and goes and by the way the civil war ain't over and I'm like whoa Okay. Well, yeah, it is. I, I, I know that a sad little gray-haired man in a gray uniform went and surrendered. Yeah. So it's over. Yeah. I'm just saying, people. Yeah. Now, the Korean conflict isn't technically over. It was just a ceasefire. But when you surrender, it's over. <clears throat> yeah. It's crazy. Anyways, have you tried your planer yet, your joiner? No, it's still in the crate along with the stuff I bought last year. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be opening it up and then having to move it again and risk damaging it. Yeah. So I might have to move everything around. Yeah. Um, and then when I went to put it in the, the basement of the workshop, because I can't get anything in the roll-up door where the woodworking portion would be, mm-hmm. because all my crap is just shoved <laughs> in right there. Anyway, um, when I went to put it in the basement where the metalworking stuff is going to go, the smell of mold just about knocked me over. Oh, no. so I've got water infiltration, so now I got to get take care of that. Oh, snap. That sucks. Oh, man. It's not one thing, it's another, right? Always. Uh, always, always, always. See, it was interesting you talking about uh, joiners. I was looking at joiners yesterday morning. And here's, here's a question I got for you. You would know more than I would. So these signs that we do for Etsy, the process is I get these boards. I like to let them air dry for a couple days just in wherever I'm processing them. That way it can, you know, climatize to the humidity. I do all my processing. And then by the time you throw stain on there, you're usually pretty good. Sometimes I find if I, uh, like if I leave them outside and then bring them in right away, they start cupping and dishing. Um, So the thing I do is I bring them in and then after a couple days I plane them and then cut them and blah, 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 blah. But often by the time I get to the point where I'm sanding them and I like to run them through my drum sander, they've started cupping again. Now in my mind, probably the best tool just to get that nice and flat, would that be a joiner? Well, the yes. And the problem with planing a board, just planing it both sides, is you're just following the warp that's already there. Yeah. The right thing to do is Joint one face, plane the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, if it's like 
incredibly out of, you know, um, see, like this is um, misshapen. But right now, today, I've heard a lot of complaints, a lot, a lot of complaints about the lumber that's available. Yeah, doing just that. Whereas you know, three years ago, you go to Home Depot or Lowe's, you pick up a, a one by six to do what you're doing, mm-hmm. and it was fine. Hmm. Now <clears throat> they're pushing <clears throat> the lumber through faster than they should, and you're just getting substandard uh, products as mm-hmm. a result that they're not stable. Yeah. Um, I had a, I saw a picture of a uh, house that was built September of last year and the builder is going to have to almost rebuild the house. Oh, wow. Because one whole, the um, south-facing wall mm-hmm. is warped because of the lumber in it. <laughs> the entire wall warped. That's funny. It is, but it's not, you know? <laughs> yeah. If it looks straight, it is straight. Well, yeah, shucks, it don't even look straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, you see know the, what? What's that? No, I, I. The more people that use that, if it looks straight, it is straight. From one of my favorite people in the world. Yeah. It just annoys me because <laughs> sometimes that's okay. Yeah. Right. It, no, really. Sometimes, if it looks straight, it is straight. Is okay. But you have people trusting his opinion to the point where they're using that where it doesn't belong. Yeah. Where you need to get down into some straight edges and micrometer. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, it's funny that uh, so when we used to install conveyors, you know, we had to say if you got a carousel, and it's where people claim their luggage. Sometimes they'll be like, I don't know, like a long run could be like eighty feet. Right, I'll go 80 feet and then take a turn and come out for 40 feet and stuff. And, you know, guys would go out there with tape measures against the wall and they'd set everything and they'd anchor it. And then you look down it and I was like, oh my word, this thing's just weaving like a little snake, you know, like a little worm. And I always told guys, I said, if you want to know if it's straight, get down on your knees and look down the edge of it. And like, yeah, but that's not very scientific. And I said, yes, but you can see, like every human eyeball can see a general straight line for this distance. And uh, and then they, well, because they insisted on wanting one thing, we'd we'd set one end, set another end, and then take a string, and we'd stand it off with like a three quarter inch nut, and then basically every edge of the frame, you could go down and just see, you know, slide a three quarter inch nut in there, but. But it's funny because I've always used that. I've always been like, no, on these carousels, I'm going to eyeball it. And then I'll have somebody with a hammer and he'll go to one section of the frame. I'm like, hit it this way. Tap, tap, yep, right there. Okay, tighten it down. Okay, go that one. Tap, tap, tap. Yep, 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 yep. And you look down and it's perfectly straight. And I don't need a tape measure. Never use the tape measure for this process. And uh, I mean, sometimes if you want to square it to a room and you need to do like a three, four, five triangle or something like that. But I just thought it was funny because I've, I've been working with that. If it looks straight, it is straight for... 20 years, and then all of a sudden it's, it's popularized on YouTube, and everybody says it like it's, oh, if it looks straight, it is straight. Like, yeah. Is it, like, I agree with you. It, the, you know, if you know how to use it, and it's like, yep, that's it. But it can't be the only thing in your toolbox. <laughs> you know, you need to be able to verify something straight. 
that's the whole thing with the whole YouTuber thing. It's, uh, and and this, I gotta be careful because I like a lot of the people in the uh, maker movement, and we've discussed how we don't even like that term really, but I fear that it's created an incredibly watered down group of people who think they've got building skills, you know? I think the modern maker movement because of social media has done that very thing anyway. Yes. Yeah. And I, you and I have talked about this before. I heard somebody say, yeah, I've been doing this 10 years. I'm an expert. <laughs> and I was rolling on the floor laughing at them. Yeah. Um, you can't be an expert. No. Not at what you're doing in 10 years. You don't know yet what you don't know. Yeah. Um, because I was building furniture, you know, 12, 15 years before I realized, before I ran into something, you know. And then you've discovered pockets. And you're like, oh, wow. I didn't know that before. Now I do, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and then, then I went a hard <clears throat> left and I really started studying uh, historical furniture. I was going to museums. <clears throat> uh uh, historical <clears throat> landmarks and things like that to look at their furniture. And here's why it's still there. Yeah. It, you know, it's two, three hundred years plus old. And I, when I was in England, I saw some much, much older than that. And, uh, it's still there. Mm -hmm. It still works. It still looks great. It's still square, you know, yeah. it's yeah. great. And you look at some stuff that, you know, people built last year, not so much, you know, anyway. And then you realize some of the um, joints they used, uh, building processes they used, the wood they used, the combination of woods they used, were all for a reason. Mm -hmm. It's not that that's what they wanted to do, not not necessarily, um, but it had to be aesthetically pleasing and it had to last mm -hmm. and it had to be used things that were locally available to you. Yeah. And you know, so. No, I know that's, it's true. And it's the point of all that is I didn't know what I didn't know starting in furniture making 12, 15 years in. Yeah. And then you discovered pocket hole screws, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's oh yeah. It goes all the way back to Egypt. Yeah, it just blew your mind. <laughs> Opened up the possibilities. There's a place for it. Yeah, it sure. really is. Yeah. And I have some things made with pocket screws that are strong and they'll last forever. But they're meant for that. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Patio furniture. Yeah. Um, so I gotta uh, going back to the the joiner. What I'm wondering. <clears throat> So, you know, like I've got these things and the problem I'm having is that after, I also have to wood fill these things. So I plane them and then sometimes, you know, little chunks of knot will come out or whatever. So I wood fill them, let that dry. And then I move on to the drum sanding, but, and I wouldn't say it's necessarily a newer problem. It may be a little more common. Like the wood here has never been amazing. Ever since we've been doing this, I've been dealing with this problem. And I do think it may be a little bit more prevalent now, but I'll go in the, the problem is I'll have to drum sand them and, you know, put in the drum sander and only the two edges are being sanded because it started to cup. 
And so what I'm wondering is if, like, first of all, do you get snipe? You don't get snipe on a jointer, do you, if you're using it right? Not if you're using it right. Yeah. Because what I'm wondering is if I omit the whole process of planing these, because all I ever plane is one side, and I've got a helical head, and, and essentially I just kind of do that to try and, I don't know exactly. Like, I thought it maybe kind of flatten it out a bit, but it doesn't really do that. And I'm realizing that the jointer would be the tool for that. So I'm wondering if I don't even plane them, cut them to size, and then whichever side has cupped, put that side down on the jointer, run it through one or two passes until I've... That would essentially flatten out that material, wouldn't it? I don't care about the backside. That would make that that front flat, wouldn't it? Yes. Oh, man. And then I basically could stick that, and it should be a one-pass wonder through my drum sander. Because my drum sander, I can take fairly heavy cuts. Like, um, sometimes I'll go too far, and I'll push it till it trips a little overload on the motor. And when it comes through, man, it almost looks like I'm taking, like, an eighth of an inch deep. But I'm always trying to go deeper because i got to get rid of... I'm basically using my my drum sander like uh, a joiner like i'm sanding it till it's flat yeah those drum sanders shouldn't be anything more than like uh 32nd or something right well uh, i wasn't say finish sanding but for uh, finish sanding and if you're trying to level something off like an epoxy inlay or uh wood fill or something like that yeah. Because the belts don't last for anything, even if you have a a belt cleaner. Mm -hmm. They just don't. Yeah. Um, because uh, it's good at what it does. You just have to know its limitations. That's all. Yeah. I love him. I love my drum sander. Like, I don't know. I've uh, been more disappointed than I like it. You see, I'm only, you know why I think I like it is because I am using a single piece like six inch wide one by six that's the only thing i process through there and i know like i've spent a long time trying to get my drum totally level to the table and it it's never perfect and i also do notice flex in there and so i'll actually use different parts of of the sander for different performances like it's and so it's kind of set up in a certain way, but I know for a fact, say if I had a 12-inch board, like a cutting board that I was trying to flatten, I know for a fact that I would be, I would be cursing my drum sander because I know, like, it, it, even the way it came from the factory wasn't set up to be done that way. I think to be happy with a drum sander, you need one that has the drum supported at both ends, and you need a rigid one because I've used, I've used the big commercial ones on steel, I mean, I'm talking drum, these drum sanders like eight foot wide, and we put sheets of steel through there to put grain in them. But I think these overhang ones, I honestly don't know if you could make a frame strong enough that wouldn't flex somewhat, unless you're just doing the slightest of cuts. But, and that's why I say like, for the process I do, absolutely love this thing. It saves me so much time and I get such good finish. Like I, all I do is 220 in there, 220 grit, run it through, run it through. I'll probably get uh, 20 hours on a, uh, on a roll of, of abrasive. Like, I get a lot out of them sometimes. Sometimes I'll go, like, when we're in a busy rush, sometimes I can go an entire week, and I'm probably drum sanding, like, seven hours a day, you know? Um, 
but yeah why are you not not happy with yours do you have the same kind the overhanging arm kind i have probably the same exact kind you do yeah yeah um it just they slap a different label on it at the factory yeah um one it trips out too but i don't i'm not taking big long cuts but and it may just be mine mine might be a monday or friday machine <laughs> yeah um i've never and i have fiddled with this thing for days and i and i can't get that <clears throat> overarm to stay hmm. um 100% level you know, parallel with the bed you know, you run a few boards to it. Now it's, you know, you know, two or three hundred thousands out. Yeah. Like, ah. Yeah. It's not going to work for what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, and the, uh, the belts are kind of a annoyance to me. Yeah. Does yours, have, like, is that the feed belt? No, the. Sanding, but yeah, sand sandpaper. Yeah, the rolls. I can't. I don't know. Ah. I've had a lot but, of practice. <laughs> you know, I've. <clears throat> I was lucky enough when I bought mine that I had a. I got a really good deal on some quality rolls, mm. and I bought like, you know, twenty five of each grit that I was going to need. And I still have them, so yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's uh, that's always our fear. In the rush, we'll get down to like I've got like four rolls left. I'm like, oh crap, and then I go to go to order them on Amazon. I'm like, oh, that's the cheapest, and I go, you know, a couple months later to order another batch on Amazon, and I'm like, they've literally gone they're three times what I did last time, and I'll even check my cart, and so then I'm like, screw that. So Amazon is out of the question, and uh, then they go and just order them through our local Busy Bee or whatever. But sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a couple months. And I'm, like, panicking. I'm like, I need these now. <laughs> so I always like to have uh, I always like to have at least 10 on hand. And, again, I only use 220 grit. Like, I think I got a couple, like, maybe 100, 180 or something like that. But I don't even know where those are. But I know exactly where my 220s are. But I'm, I'm really wondering if a joiner is going to be a tool that's going to gonna help me out because I was getting really frustrated I had so many that were cupped so bad that in order to get the cupping out I tried it on one of them I had to do was it 10 or 11 passes through the machine and I'm like okay this is dumb and the only reason I want this particular finish is because of the painting that we do like if it's not a really nice smooth finish Steph has a hard time painting and so like as far as a visual, like the the way these boards are cupped a little bit visually, that's not a concern. Like that's not a problem. Um, most people would never know it, and they're a rustic type sign. But the problem for the cupping is that I can't sand it with my drum sander. And I bet I had fifteen or twenty that I had to take outside with my uh, random orbital hand sander and sand them because I was like, I can't run this thing through ten times. I I just need to get this sanding done. So I take it out because faster sand it by hand at that point, and I'm like, this is frustrating me but I wonder if I took those boards just cut them to their length and then at the size they are run them through the joiner flatten that face out run it if I could run it through the drum sander on a single pass that right there would probably save me 
of, of my end of the wood processing of, of that portion, that probably saved me like 30%. And I don't know. They got a little one. It's a, it's a bench top model, which I always buy the smaller thing first before, you know, if I don't know, but it's a helical head, uh, eight inch joiner. Looks really nice. And it's like 600 bucks, which I thought is pretty cheap. But it's always like 600 bucks, and I don't know for sure if I'm going to, you know, if it's going to be part of the process. It's kind of like, I don't know, but it might be worth it. I could always just sell it for a couple hundred bucks less than I paid for it if I don't like it, you know. But, hmm, 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 hmm. I'm going to get rid of my uh, thickness planer. And you, your uh, finished product is painted, right? Or stained? Stained, and then the letters are painted. Have you tried just stopping at 150 grit? Yeah, we tried that. It's on number two common pine. I would imagine, um, depending on what kind of stain and paint you're using, normally 150 is where you'd want to stop. But and I, for um, a more urethaneish finish or oil finish, go up higher. But anyway. Yeah, we used to do 150, 180, and then. I ended up having only 220, so I threw that on there, and I was like, oh, these are a lot smoother. And then Steph went to paint them, like, oh my word, it, it's twice as fast in the painting process. And we, we okay. tried, yeah. I know, because that's what I thought too, man. If I can get, a, get away with less fine of a finish, you know, the finer the belt, the, the, the slower your cut, the less aggressive you can be, and the, the more quickly they're gonna load up, the, they're not gonna last as long. I, I thought that too, but. Yeah, we've got to be 220, but <laughs> I'm wondering, I'm wondering. The old joiner might be in the in the works, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. That's exciting. It's something I never saw happening until yesterday. And I'm like, this is just stupid. I haven't had uh, had cupping like this, and I'm like, yeah. And again, like even like when it hangs on the wall, it's not noticeable, right? But it's just that center portion where she paints needs to be sanded better. You know, a lot of these things, you could, even not prepping them at all, I could just take them, cut them to length, sand the edges of them, you know, where, you, where your cut marks are and get a couple splinters coming off. Always get that stuff cleaned up. But that would be fine, except for the fact that the, it, they're impossible to paint. They take forever to paint. And that's why I have to surface treat one side, you know. I mean, the other side can even be dirty. Like, it can have, like, you know, whatever rubber mark, all the dirty markings from handling lumber. Like, I don't even care about that. You know, brush it off and then whatever. But, <laughs> got the old wheels turning in my head there, Todd. It's too bad we weren't closer because then we could just come set up your planer. I could try one of my problem boards and see if it does what I think it's going to do and make up yeah, my mind. Yeah, it does. You can just take my old planer back with yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Oh, oh, we shall see. Oh, yeah. So did you see that? Uh, isn't that stupid what those guys do in the running of the bulls? <laughs> it, okay. <laughs> You're going to pay your own money to jump in with a wild animal that could kill you. Uh, you know, that, that in and of itself is an intelligence test. Yeah, totally, right? <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, I just had to cough right there. Um, so I found out, the, so the Saturday, 
the kid that won it, like he, I didn't get it on video, but uh, it was after the thing and they were all done and they said, okay, everybody on the fence, on the fence, and they're trying to decide the winner. And that's why every person has their number. So whoever interacts with the bulls the most, you know, gets beat up the most. They kind of go to the crowd to yell for this person, yell for that person. And there's one kid, he had this weird hat on, and he got hammered, I think, three or four times during that evening. And he was kind of on the, he was one of the people they were voting for. That girl who got flipped through the... (laughs) 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 So she did that, and then she didn't get to the fence. She kept running, and she ran right by... See, my son took that footage, so I wasn't there. I was on the other side of the arena. And so she came running by, and I'm like, Oprah, like, are you okay? And she's like, that is so fun. <laughs> You're so dumb. But um, anyway, so then they're debating on this one kid, and uh, his hat fell off, and so he jumped off and grabbed it and didn't know there, there was still a bull. They could get this one bull out of the arena and looked up, and the bull's right there, and the bull smashed him right into the corral panels. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. So, and then he fell to the ground, and the bull's on top of him, pounding him down into the ground with his head. And it was at least 10 seconds. Like, not even a joke. <laughs> like, just sitting there, like, boom, 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 the bull. And people are trying to get the bull. The bullfighters are sitting there kicking the bull. Kick, people are, grab, like, reaching over, grabbing the bull's horns. And the bull's just on top of this guy, just pummeling him. I'm like, and I'm on the other side. And I'm like, man, this guy's dead. He's dead. And uh, finally, they get the bull distracted. The rodeo clowns, like the bullfighters, they're in there. And they were just doing everything. And finally, they're just yanking on the bull's tail and kicking it. And then it turns around, and they dealt with it that way. The kid gets up and puts his hands over his head and starts going, woohoo! I'm like, what? And uh, even the guy who organized I was talking the next night, he's like, that bull was, was digging. It was actually putting him into his grave, even though it wasn't dug yet. He was like trying to bury him in the ground. I talked to him afterwards. And I said, are you okay? He goes, I don't feel a single thing. He goes, I have so much adrenaline rushing through me right now. I feel, I've never felt this good in my entire life. <laughs> and anyway, so I put pictures up on my socials, and somehow he found them, this guy. And uh, he's like, oh, sweet, and glad somebody got some footage of it. And, uh, and it turns out the, that was a kid. My son went to preschool with him, <laughs> with that kid. I played hockey with his dad. I'm like, oh, man. It's hilarious. Exact same age as my son. Like, he just turned 18, right? So, but yeah. And you know what the weird thing is? I don't know if this is something, but he had an odor on him. And I don't think it was, a, maybe it was the bull. But I, I mean, I've, I've lived my whole life around animals, like cows, and they, they don't, I don't know if a human being has a certain scent when you have so much adrenaline coursing through. It wasn't body odor. But it was a really weird smell, like not not animals, not poop. It was like that smell. Well, I will never forget that smell. And he was rank with it. Like I shook his hand and stuff like that. So I was about that close to him. And he's like, "Oh man, that was so fun. I've never had that much fun in my life." I'm like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "Oh, I can't feel a thing." But I don't know. Have you ever heard of that? Or, or yes, you, is it true? If you ever see somebody that's just had the most frightening experience ever yeah. that lasts more than a few seconds yeah you know like a minute or 10 minutes or an hour yeah you'll 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 be like okay really yep huh. um we went to uh many 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 years ago when i was 
doing volunteer, not volunteer fire, but volunteer rescue. I uh, was still a teenager, and we went to a, a lady was in a car, went off the road, rolled, I don't know, 20 times, and then she landed on a tree, just precariously perched over a river. Oh, wow. And it's probably there 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Oh, wow. Or more. About to die before any before the first responder got there, happened to be us, and because the people who stopped to call didn't go down there, mm. it, you couldn't if you didn't know what you were doing, mm-hmm. you'd just fall to. And so we roped down, and sh- the whole car stunk of it. Really, I, I've always called it, it fear is what it smells like, okay. but it's not, you know. Yeah. Because generally it's adrenaline and it just everything in your body is, your body's putting out everything it has to deal with whatever it is you're dealing with and shock. Yeah. And people that are in shock get it mildly, you know, a different odor. Mm-hmm. Just like if you're, uh, I don't know, you black out and go into a rage and beat up a mountain lion that's trying to maul your family, mm-hmm. you'll smell too. Hmm. That's interesting. Because I wondered that. Like, there's one thing I, I talked to him. I'm like, that is, I have never smelt anything like that in my life. And it was potent. Like, it was. And the more you smell of it like that, especially like a bull or yeah. a buffalo goring, things like that, the more they're going to attack you. Really? Yeah. Huh. One of the bulls, like, enjoying it. Like, mm, you smell good. <laughs> my scent <laughs> bag. That's interesting. I, I thought that. I was like, and I told Steph, I said, there was this odor on him, like nothing I've smelt, and it was strong. Like, it wasn't just like a little, little whiff. I'm like, that's strange. It was like, there's something wafting out of this guy's pores, and it smelled like it was coming out of his pores. And I'm like, this is not BO. This, is, this isn't human excrement or animal smell. Interesting. Interesting. And that smell. Uh, like, uh, oh. That old saying, you know, you, you smells like fear, or they can ah, smell the fear on you. Yes. It comes from something. Yeah, right? I never thought of that. Everything comes from something. And just because, you know, you put your hand out and a dog smells, and they're not smelling fear on you. Yeah. But that saying came from something. Yeah, that makes sense. All your wisdom, Todd. Interesting, yeah. No, that's cool. I have a teaspoon of it. <laughs> yeah. Right on. But yeah. And then the second night, uh, they did the bull running of the bulls. And it's funny because they use the same animal stock. So the bulls know exactly what's going on. They, they do their first loop around and then they go to the gate where they let them out and they hang out by the gate. And that's why they have all the, uh, all those, uh, I forget what, the pickup men on their horses with their bull whips cracking them, trying to keep these bulls moving. But like everyone in the second night is just absolutely cowardice except for one guy there's one security guard that was allowed to go in it's funny because um i'd seen him work in there the day before but you, you know i don't get these people they sign up they pay it's 50 bucks i think 50 or 100 uh if you win so if you've been beaten up the most by a bull you win a thousand bucks so this kid that from the night before he ended up winning because of what happened afterwards <laughs> like okay you, you definitely deserve it um but the the Sunday night, like anytime the bull got within five feet of somebody, they jumped onto the fence. 
which is exactly what I would do, but I would never put myself in a situation that says, I'm running with the bulls. I'm gonna pay and sign up and I've got the shirt and I'm here to do this. In my mind, I, I think all the people that I'll do it on like the Sunday, all they care for is a bragging rights to say, yeah, I run with the bulls. But like literally some of them, the bulls 20 feet away and they jump over the fence. And I'm like, and they're yelling, the person announcing is one of our local radio uh, DJs. She's like, get off the fence, you cowards. My grandma's more brave than you. And it's just so disappointing because you want to see, <laughs> you want to see somebody get hit by a bull, right? And they've been doing this for like, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And nobody's died yet. I mean, there's been a lot of broken bones and stitches and stuff, but it's a it's a pleasing, it's a crowd pleaser, right? As stupid as that sounds or as sick as it might be, watching a bunch of people running around getting hit by bulls, <laughs> it's entertaining. I mean, they sell the show out all the time, you know, but I don't know, it's crazy. I know a guy played, his art boys played hockey together, and he's a, I can't stand the guy. He, there's not a lot of people I would describe as like a piece of human garbage that's harsh, but he is. Like he's just absolute trash, trashiest person I've ever talked to. And he goes in there and he thinks he's so cool. He's probably my age and he's, oh, he's just gross. He's just, and then the bull's like 20 feet away and he jumps over the fence. I'm like, don't be such a little coward. If you're gonna pay money, if you're gonna say you're gonna run with the bulls, do it. If you're just gonna run away from the bulls, sit in the stands because you are literally exhibiting zero bravery. There's nothing cool about paying 50 bucks, standing in there, and then as soon as the bull's anywhere near you, getting out. That's not cool. That, that's, now I have my number that yeah. I can show people and say, oh, I ran with the bulls. Exactly. As long as they weren't there and didn't see him run like a little coward. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So ridiculous, but. <clears throat> rattlesnake roundup in montana and uh you got these little girls going in there to catch a rattlesnake mm -hmm. and there's a you know six hell's angels over there going oh, oh, oh i ain't doing that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah totally jerk yep um yeah when I'm you're not saying that they're cowards in any way whatsoever yeah they're really <laughs> great guys yeah that's right you know, like what uh, my parents were on this cruise two years ago, and uh, I forget where they were, Italy or something like that. Anyways, they had they were b with a bunch of uh, new Nazi guys, right? Uh, you know, skinheads, black boots, white lace. Every time they took a picture, these guys they'd go Auschwitz. Like it was, my parents were getting sick, like disgusted by them. Tough, mean-looking biker dudes from Germany, right? Nazis, and uh, they were going in these rafts. And all they're out there, and there's I don't know whether it was like dolphins or something, some type of an animal or something is out there, and the water got a little bit rough, and one of them started crying, and he was yelling at the host, he's scared, he needs to get back to the boat, and my mom was like, you little pansy, you know, you think you're so tough, and he's literally crying, like, I just want to go back to the boat, it's like, oh, he's just, yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? That you know, the tougher people try to be, usually the softer they are. I had uh, okay, I got it. I wasn't gonna tell, say this, but she should have just looked right at him. And I know, no, she shouldn't have done this, but hey, you could get out of this ride right now, just like Hitler got out of the war. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So, yesterday we were going, we were driving into the movie theater, and 
And there's some people here, they, they think they're so tough by what they drive, you know, everywhere. They identify with their vehicle. Anyways, driving in the highway. Oh my God, you're not talking about long bed Chevrolets with three, three foot lift kits, are you? Uh, well, this one's a Ford. Ugh. This is a Ford, yeah. Anyways, this big jacked up Ford Super Duty, a lot of work done to it, like custom paint job, like pearlescent white. Uh, on all, all intents and purposes, a nice truck. But driving like a complete moron, like on the show, this and that, and then not even doing like doing 20 under the speed limit. And then, and I thought, you know, this is dumb. I'm done. And anyways, coming up really slowly to a light. And so there's two lanes, but the one lane cuts out as soon as you go through the intersection. And so I thought, you know, I'm not waiting behind this stupid person. Like it looked like they were texting because they'd be like driving, like, not like they're drunk and swerving, but just totally not paying attention. So anyways, she's coming up to the light. I didn't know it was a she at the time. Coming up, and I'm in the right-hand lane, and I just gave it a little bit of gas. Didn't cut her off in any way, shape, or form, right? Like, still probably 50 feet from stopping when I pulled in, and just right on my tail, right? Right, ticked off. Gives me the horn, and I didn't know it was a guy or girl or whatever, and so I, just, I always blow a kiss in my rearview mirror just to piss him off. <laughs> so I blew a kiss and kind of shake my fingers, and then <laughs> diesel jug. Anyway, so go this, the road cuts out, and then she was making a left turn, and they had their own turning lane. And I was coming up to a stop, because a straight through was stopped, and uh, she has an advanced screen, but she pulls up, rolls down her window. She's got a real mean dog in the window, right? And there's a big jacked up thing. And I looked up, and I saw it was a girl, and I rolled down my window, and as soon as I saw it was her, like she had probably like three inch eyelashes, <laughs> fake eyelashes on. Her face was just painted. And she was like just a skinny piece of white trash, like a trailer park looking chick who's just dolled herself up. And as soon as I saw her face, I started laughing <laughs> and I pointed at her and I was just killing myself laughing. And then she started to cry. <laughs> she started to cry. She, she had a water bottle and she threw it in her hand. She, goes, <laughs> and she just had a little hissy fit. And I think the guy behind her was with her. And he, and then, so she starts going a little bit and, uh, and he's like, I'm in a hurry to go nowhere. And I'm like, I'm not talking. I don't care about you. And uh, anyways, but then she goes up there and she stops because she's so mad at me. And the, her, she's got the advanced green and then she gets a red. And people behind her are honking. <laughs> she's crying. She doesn't know what to do. But I don't know what she was going to do. Like, like so, so I drive an old Buick Enclave, right? Well, not, I mean, it's, a real, it's an old person car. And I don't know what she was trying to do to me when she pulls up, rolls down her passenger window, and then... I thought it was a guy at first, and so I rolled down, and I was going to let him speak his mind, I was going to tell him he's an idiot, and uh, I saw her, and I just instantly started laughing, because she looked so pathetic, and I thought, you know what, okay, you got a big dog to protect you, but why would you, as like a hundred pound little white chick, do anything to me, you know what I mean, like, I'm not a small dude, I'm not huge, but I'm like a 220 pound, six foot two, bald white guy with a beard, like, what's, what's the, oh. you step out of your car, I step out of my car, if we are really at odds with each other, let's fight. You're going to lose. I'm sorry, I don't care what you know, if you go to Kung Fu, you're going to lose. Like, I just find it so stupid when girls get into, like, road rage with guys. I don't get it. It's dumb. But it's so funny, because I just saw her face, I'm like, oh, you sh you're so tough. I kind of felt bad a little bit because I'm sure, I don't know, I'm sure she didn't have a good evening after that, but...
She's like trying to wipe off her mascara as it's running down her face. <laughs> you stupid cow. You could have just ignored me. You could have just let it go. You know, people cut me off all the time. And I'm like, whatever, that's cool. That's how he wants to drive. Let him drive like that. Maybe he's in a real, real rush and late for a meeting. And in that case, go ahead. It's not personal, you know? Now, if somebody comes up beside me, looks at me, looks me straight in the eye, gives me the finger and then pulls in and slams the brake, okay, well, now that might be personal, right? Maybe, maybe he's like, but man, if somebody just pulls in front of you at a light, that, that's, that just means they want to be in front of you. It's not like I looked at them. It's not like I did anything to them. I didn't honk at them. It's like, why engage, you know? It's just dumb. That's funny. That was funny. I um, had uh, an incident yesterday on the road coming back from a completely <laughs> embarrassing dental appointment really uh, to get my night guard adjusted, and it turned out I didn't need it. Anyway, um, I was coming back in this um, person was one of those people that are in the left lane, refused to get over mm -hmm. under any circumstance. I will not get over. I'm going to sit here and do the speed limit. Yeah. Or less. I call them immigrants. <laughs> and Well, no, I call them liberals. But. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going right for nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's so funny because I'm seeing more and more with Texas plates. But anyway, uh, this one was from one county over. And I just, you know, I didn't get on their bumper. I didn't do any of that stuff. I don't want to have a wreck. And But when I had a chance, I got around them, passed them in the right lane. And then may have gotten over a foot in front of their car. I'm not trying to hit them. I gave them a foot. Mm-hmm. And I'm going faster. Mm -hmm. There's no way I'm going to hit you. And uh, my exit to get off in Monterey was only a mile further than when this happened. But I've been trying to get around them for 17 miles. Mm -hmm. And so I go to get off. And the, the way the exit is, you stay kind of parallel to the highway. Mm, yeah. And they slow, they sped up to see me. And I'm just giving them the one finger salute the whole time mm -hmm. and he's saying something that he's got his window rolled down and i roll mine down just enough and i i just mouth i honestly hope you die <laughs> and who i don't know if it was his wife his girlfriend his daughter whoever the female that was in the passenger seat um just looked mortified yeah and not at me you know, looking at him like you brought this on yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, yeah. if the person in the car with you says you're an a hole, you know, I'm not going to feel bad about flipping you off. Yeah. The reason I say immigrants here is because, well, you'll pass somebody, and it's mostly like of Asians. There's an, it's a two lane highway. Signs everywhere slower traffic, keep right. It doesn't say unless you're doing the speed limit. It says slower traffic. And they'll, you know, there'll be a semi-truck and they'll be about five feet behind the semi-truck in the left-hand lane and they will do the exact same speed for miles. And there'll literally be 50 people behind them. People honking, people flashing. Care. Yeah, they just, they just sit there. 
It's like, I, I don't know if you don't speak English, but that's irrelevant here. You should hear a horn. You should see flashing lights and the line of people behind you and be like, oh, I'm actually holding up progress here. Anyways, when I get that, I got a real good move and I pass them in their lane on the right and it terrifies them. So I'm talking like, you know, we're, our mirrors are about nah, maybe an inch apart and sometimes you got to line it up and, but I will actually be in their lane and then they move over in their lane and then I, sometimes I just push them onto the shoulder because <laughs> I'm like, get out. Can't pass, can't pass, can't pass. And so I'll just go right behind the semi-truck and just start coming in. And they're like, oh, and they're staring at me, staring at me, staring at me. Thank you. Yeah, then they hit the brakes and then who, whatever. Who cares? But, oh, you know, even now and then you'll see these videos on Instagram, like a four-lane highway. It was in the States, you know, big interstate or something like that. And some guy in the, in the fast lane, and then the cop comes right up behind him, puts his lights on, escorts him, and the guy starts pulling over. And once he's in the right-hand lane, then the cop turns his lights off and drives past him. <laughs> you know? It's like, we need some more of that because there are the basic rules of traffic are the things that people get so hot under the collar about. Like, like when you're doing 105 and the speed limit's 110, this is kilometers, and you have to do 105 because you've got two cars side by side. Neither one of them are, uh, will adjust their speed. The person in the left-hand lane is obligated to get over. If there's someone coming up behind him, the law states, the signs state, slower traffic, keep right. They need to enforce that stuff. I, I'm convinced that's where all of road rage comes from. And it's like, semi tracks. I'm sorry. You guys are slow. You're going to have to stay in the right or the middle lane, not in the far left-hand lane. Oh, it drives me nuts. And the, coming from Cookville back to Monterey, it's all uphill. It's called a Cookville Pass. There's only two lanes, one direction, interstate, I-40. And they just now painted on the left lane, in the lane, no trucks, this lane. Mm. And they still do it. And, you know, a good semi, properly loaded, can almost not do the speed limit because mm -hmm. of the grade, mm. right? And so you get these, and almost every semi on the road needs work of some sort. It's overloaded, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. There are ways of fooling axle uh, scales. But yeah. anyway, so you get one of these, and it's, you know, 65 speed limit in miles per hour, and you get a semi that can't do 25. Mm -hmm. And it's a windy road. You come around the corner doing 65, and then there's a 25-mile-an-hour semi right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, accidents are going to happen. People die. So, you know, DOT is like, no, semi's this lane. Well, like the guy yesterday that was um, really making me angry, uh, semi had his left turn signal on. Well, you can't get in that lane. Oh, he slows down. Hmm. Blinks his lights. Oh, come on over. Come on over. You know, the 400 people behind me, screw them. Come on over. Yeah. Nobody needs to get anywhere today. Yeah. I don't know for sure that somebody's back there is not trying to get home before their, somebody in their family dies, right? Yeah. yeah. They just got the call. I, you know, mom's on her last leg. You better get over here now. And they're going to miss mom's last words because you're being a jerk. <laughs> you don't know that. It's true. You don't know that somebody's back here not pregnant, going to download in the back seat and then 
mom or baby die because they can't get to the hospital because of you. Yeah. You don't know that. Mm-hmm. People need to keep this stuff in their mind. They know. You don't know what the other person is going through. Mm-hmm. Don't it, just wave with all five fingers. Yeah. Hey, man, you know, sorry about that. Um, put human <laughs> kindness back in. The, think about the other person. Quit being a selfish jerk. Mm-hmm. About everything. Oh, I'm gonna be a. I'm my. I'm my law. I'm my own law enforcement person. I'm gonna do the speed limit in the left lane. That way, I can cut down on speeding. No, you're not. Yeah. Now, instead of doing seventy in a sixty-five, they're gonna have to do ninety to get where they were going on time. Yeah. yeah. You're just making the matter worse. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Or and you know the big thing is like. Don't even think about, like, the biggest thing I have to do, like, and I've, I've gotten really good at driving now. Um, I'm happy now doing just the speed limit, sometimes a little under. And I used to be, like, like drive like a mock chicken everywhere. But, um, you know, I, we used to think about, you know, I'm doing, like, a hundred, you know, a couple over the speed limit, and then somebody comes screaming behind me, and then I realize that, oh, I don't know. Sometimes it's best just to completely ignore, or like when somebody cuts right in front of you, right? Or there, you can tell they're weaving in traffic. Uh, what I have to do is like, I don't care. I'm just going to drive. Like I was happy doing this speed limit before, just because I know this guy's going to come right up to the last second and cut in front of me, just to get in front of me, so he can have a better, you know, so he can be the first at a green light. I'm just like, ah, who cares? Let him do what he wants. You know, I, don't think about the other people. Like it's like or don't adjust the way you drive based on other people right like and sometimes you know you'll be coming up on someone on the highway two-lane highway each way you know i'm doing five kilometers over the speed limit somebody's doing five under i have my cruise control on i come up you know it's the evening there's not a lot of vehicles around probably no can't see car either direction i signal get in the left-hand lane coming up and all of a sudden i'm not passing them anymore and we're just going side by side down the road together. And then they start pulling up. Okay, I'm like, oh, I guess that guy must not have known what speed he was doing. And he looked down, and that's fine. Go like this, I signal, pull right back in behind him. Then he slows down again. I'm like, no. And then, uh, so signal again, go to pass him. Oh, no. And I don't know if they do it subconsciously. So anyways, give him one more chance. Pull back in. And he starts slowing down. So I put my brights on. And he's slowing down, slowing down. And so now when I pass him, you know, I go out there and he's... mm, So I just slowly start increasing. Now we're both doing about 135 kilometers an hour. He was doing about 100 before. And then I just punch it. mm, Right in front of him, cut him off, slam my brakes. And then I set my cruise to what it was before. And then he tails me. And then a couple minutes later, he's like a half a mile behind me. I don't get people like that. It's like, what are you doing, you retard? Like, you were doing 105. You're my speed. I know. Or just being a a-hole. And it's not like it's not like I cut him off. Like, when I went to pass him, there's probably, like, five or ten car lengths. Like, the road's dead. There's no, like, competing for position here. We've both got miles of highway in front of us. We, no, that's, oh, I just don't get it. And there, it's always, like, old. those guys are always old farts. I'm like, you stupid old fart. You shouldn't be driving if this is what you do, you know? You know, here's one. There's nothing behind you at all. You can't even see a vehicle. You're on a two-lane, one-direction highway, so four lanes. And there's a row of semis 
in the right lane, one car behind the semis. There's nothing behind you. You're doing 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. Right before you get to the car, he cuts you off. <laughs> and does not speed up to your speed. He expects you to slow down to his speed. And then he slows down to the same, the one mile an hour faster than the four miles of semis. Yeah, classic. <laughs> this is a fun segment. We should do this every I, and every time that happens to me, I'm like, I'm going to get in front of this MFR, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I never do any of it because I just can't be that guy. Yeah. One, I'm I'm old now, and I'm fat, but I'm still too cute for jail. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I have things I'd like to do. Yeah. Um, do you ever use the shoulders? How, how big are your shoulders on, say, if you got a two-laner like that? You know what? I was behind somebody one time. And if he did it, I was going behind him, right? Yeah. And he cut over, and he was going to pass on the right shoulder and blew out all four of his tires. Oh, wow. So, <clears throat> and we don't have clean shoulders like we used to in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time, I've only been pulled over in my life three times in my entire life. Oh, wow. Two times I got a warning and once I got a ticket hmm. and I don't like getting pulled over, but every time I've been pulled over and get on the freaking right shoulder, I got a flat tire. No, no. So, you know, now yeah. I know somebody I might be married to that has done that <clears throat> and she got through it just fine. I do it all the time. I, I do it on a regular. Like I'm like, I pay taxes on that portion of the road too, right? It's not like I only pay taxes for this. And uh, obviously, in safe circumstances, you can look out and see, okay, there's, there's no approaches in or out. There's no vehicles. There's wide, like the shoulders are bigger than each lane is. And I'm like, this, with the situation you just described, you know, the guy pulls out right before you get there. No reason whatsoever. And often, like you're lucky if they're doing one mile per hour faster. Right? They might they might get to the middle of the pack of semis and just sit there. And so it's like, yeah, no. And it's like, I don't care. You are a jerk. Now I will be a jerk. And it, I just think it's it's the expected thing to do. Somebody does that and they're literally not moving any faster and you are coming up on like crazy. You know what I do? If, if I'm coming up on a semi truck, say there's two or three semi trucks, and I got a guy going like, uh, going fast, and uh, I'm coming up in the semi truck, and by rights, okay, I could pull over and be started. I'll tap my brakes. I'll slow down to below the speed limit. Let this guy who's doing a buck thirty, let him scream past me, and then I'll pull out. And you know what? I've had guys do that, and they've actually flashed their hazards to say thanks, because it's like I'm not I'm not going to do his speed past these semi trucks. So he's going to have to slow down for like thirty seconds or a minute. You know what? I'm not in a rush. I'm I'm doing fast in the semi trucks. So I'll just tap my brakes. He can scream past, and then I'll pass at my speed consideration right i I don't like i don't like pissing people off especially when it's a big jacked up blacked out window pickup truck you don't well it's usually all small guys the the littlest guys have the biggest trucks around here but um yeah it's just like not interested in getting into it you know but i pass on the shoulders all the time and i usually give a nice little honk to the person and i'm very close to them i've got good spatial awareness in my vehicle so i can i terrify people when i pass them sometimes like, I think we almost touch paint. It's just like, no, it's like, here, so you're going to be an asshole to me. I'll be an asshole to you. I'm a bigger one. 
It's, it's like, don't, don't pick up a stick if you don't want to fight. You picked up a stick. Well, I got a big stick too. Let's go. Oh, oh, oh. it's like those cowards in the bull ring. <laughs> There's a bomb there, my daddy. I got to get out. Anyways, yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to get heated up in the morning. <laughs> Talk about it's a good thing I'm not driving anywhere today that I know of. Hey, <laughs> get all hot and bothered. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, hey. I really appreciate you trying, attempting to play this game. You're you're an amateur a hole. You know, I do this for a living. Yeah, I'm gonna show you in just about a minute. <laughs> That's right. Oh God, I uh, and it, oh man, I just want to give you a, a, an award publicly for making that chick cry. <laughs> it just it makes my heart swell. Do you know that? <laughs> You know, like, like quality, <clears throat> you want equality, yeah. and yet you don't. Yeah. So another example of this yesterday, um, where my dentist office is right next to the courthouse, you know, across the street, the side street. But so some people illegally park in the uh, dentist office parking lot and then walk over. Mm-hmm. And this past Monday, I was at the dentist's office and saw this individual, the female, that if I were to um, make a form a, uh, a knee-jerk opinion of her based on her looks, I would say she has a substance abuse problem and that she's a sex trade worker. Mm-hmm. You'd be accurate. Anyway. That's an easy call <laughs> and to she, make. <laughs> and she wasn't about to go into the courthouse because she may or may not have had warrants. Mm-hmm. But she was walking back and forth across the road up to the courthouse parking lot, but wouldn't go any further. Just pacing back and forth, back and forth. And then eventually this young gentleman came out, probably a tweener, so sometime between 13 and 16. Apparently her son, and apparently... He was just given a warning or whatever. And they got in the car and they zoomed off. But all of that took about an hour. Hmm. And uh, in the meantime, there was a woman that was really, really angry at her lawyer. Or who I'm assuming was her lawyer. You know, suit, briefcase guy. Hmm. Outside the courthouse with what is... Apparently, someone with anger and crack issues, right? And she's just going off and 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 off. Starts to walk off, comes back, does it some more, finger in the face. And he's just like, hey, lady, I'm just your lawyer. And uh, she finally picks up a brick and is going to hit him. No. And the sheriff, this old, old fat dude, uh, he's got to be as old as Keith Richards, right? Mm -hmm. But fat. And he's trying to waddle over in a hurry and stop it from happening. And she, she's like, oh, you can't touch me, I'm a woman. And he said, you wanted equality. <laughs> and he just kept running right through her. <laughs> Got her on the ground and cuffed her up. That's funny. Yep. I'm, I'm just like applauding it. You know, hey, good for you. Yeah. You still shouldn't be a law, uh, law enforcement officer. But anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, like, the thing is, I, I always think about this, too, is that now, like, my, 
I think I never realized how much, and it, it makes me nervous, how much your kids watch you when they're growing up. Because I've, I've been a bad driver, an aggressive driver, most of my life. I'm a very good driver. I can do things most people can't. But I do things that most people shouldn't. And, you know, there's... If you're not careful, you can get yourself killed, right? And I also have a good... Some guys will come in, and I can tell they want to get into it with me, and I'm like, no, I got a bad feeling. Like, I've, I've had some guys being just belligerent assholes on the road, and I'll go to pass them, and then they'll, like this, and, uh, and I'll just stay cool. And then I'll, I'll hit my, my speed limit. I'll hit the cruise control for 10 under so that they're too bored. And Steph's like, why aren't you, why aren't you doing what you normally do? Because she knows how I act. I'm like, there's something wrong with this situation. Like, this, I, this guy, he knows something I don't. And, man... If you don't have that, or, or, you, you know, you just get a sense like, okay, this situation's bad. I'm not, not engaging. There's other times it's like, oh, this person's a coward, man. I'm a really nice guy until you cross me. And at that point, I don't fight fair. Like, I don't believe in, no. It's like, if you really want to piss, if you really want to go, let's go. You're going to regret it, but let's go. I'd, I'd rather not do this, but if you insist, if you keep bugging me like a little bee, go, let's go, you know? But, um, so I'm like... I don't want my kids to, <clears throat> especially when they're young, you know, when I was younger, I was uh, probably lucky that it wasn't as populated. I don't think road rage was as big then because I drove like an idiot as a teenager. And man, I just, I like, I hope my boys, when they're young, like they are now and, and driving, I hope they drive good. Because, man, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. Could get you know it's 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 one thing like what happened last night good like somebody's being a complete idiot, um, whatever, but man sometimes like there's a it was funny because they they said it was road rage a couple of weeks ago maybe a month or two ago there's a woman uh, she's driving with her kids in a minivan and she got shot and died and I think it was like a couple months before their dad died. Uh, from cancer I think and they had four kids and they were in the car and they said it was road rage and I'm like they said where it happened I'm like uh, let's be a little more honest that's gang activity okay <laughs> it's so funny like I don't think you can get caught in a spray of bullets in a road rage incident and they said it was road rage well gang members drive cars too and where this happened in the city is a place I would not let Steph drive after dark like not a chance I wouldn't go there after dark, but they're saying, oh, road rage is out of control, and uh, these two people were road raging, and she ended up in the middle of a, of a gunfight, and I'm like, I, I don't think that was road rage. Two cars randomly have guns in them, and they get into a road rage fight in a really seedy part of town where there's always gangs. Come on, you know? Well, I could have it. Gang, gang members have road rage, too. The true, true. I but, know in Tampa... On the Crosstown Expressway, when we lived there from 96 to 2001, there was a one year during the summer, weekly, we had like two road rage shootings. Wow. You know, people in rush hour either going, it's normally coming home from work Mm. in the afternoon. Yeah. You know, cut me off. I'm going to, you know, wave my hands and scream at you and lay on the horn. The minute you flip me off, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. Really? <laughs> what happened to just pulling over and fighting it out? 
I know, right? You know? <clears throat> I know. Yeah, more people need to understand every, I will go so far as to say every, um, well, 99.9% of all martial arts are useless in a street fight. Yeah, 100%. There's no flying kicks <laughs> in a real fight. <laughs> Whenever I get in a fight, I just I just do that karate kid pose with the the he the seagull or whatever it is, yeah. and they just they take off, man. They don't even they're like oh shit, and they turn around and run. <laughs> He's doing it. Get out. <laughs> I've uh, I'm sure there've been a lot of examples, but I've only seen one. <clears throat> that was on video of a guy that um, got into a fight. He was defending himself and his person he was with uh, from a drunk was very belligerent and apparently he had bet on this guy in a fight some years ago and he lost money and he's still mad about it mm -hmm. and a professional fighter goes into a bar and then you're going to pick a fight with him yeah. and he shoved the, the <clears throat> fighter and was going to take a swing at him and the fighter was, because he was shoved backwards was far enough away from him he just gave him a head kick hmm Put him to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's the only time I've ever seen anything like that actually work. Hmm. Yeah. I've seen people try it and uh, get the daylight beat out of them. Yeah. Now, I know a guy that owns, uh, I know several people that own Taekwondo dojos. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's good for, I don't know, keeping your kids out of trouble and putting them in shape. Yeah, it's, it's exercise. It's good for fighting. No, yeah. Like the guy said in the movie, boards not hit back, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, and one of the guys I know, he did, he has gotten in a real fight. He was trying to get out of it, but he was jumped, and he got his butt handed to him. Mm -hmm. I mean, bad. He was in the hospital. Yeah. But you're a Taekwondo grandmaster, but you're a fight amateur. Yeah. When even, like, people say, like, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is supposed to be good. I mean, that's about the only thing that might work. Yeah, and I, I think the key word is might there because it depends who you're fighting. Like, I worked with a guy, and he he was into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I don't know what belt he was. He was the second, I think, second or third. But um, So he wasn't, like, overly. But he said, oh, no matter what. And I, was, I probably had five inches on him and maybe 10 or 15 pounds. And he said that size doesn't matter at all. I said, of course it does. No, no, not at all. But no, I probably had 20 pounds on him. He wasn't that big. Um, and he's like, oh, man, I, he's like, I'd just kick your butt. I was like, yeah, I don't think so. No. Anyways, we worked out on the test stand. And so we had to test this equipment. And there are some tests where we literally had to run the machines for four hours. And for four hours, we have nothing to do. And there's about four or five of us there. And so we're talking. I said, let's have a little match right here. Let's let's fight. So we took off our work boots. We took off our coveralls <laughs> and, uh, you know, kind of cleared all the chairs out. And everybody's like, all the co-workers were into it. And I just, he couldn't do anything really. Like he'd try to put me into these submissions and these holds. And then I would just, I was a lot stronger than him. He wasn't overly strong. Like he'd, he'd have, I could tell I was in some type of a lock position. And then I'd just pull my arms out and I'd just grab his wrists and like move him around. And then finally, I just got him in a headlock, and I just started choking him. And he's trying to use his arms and legs and stuff. And we had a couple rounds where he'd tap, and then, but not once did he even come close to submitting me. And I'm like, see, 
the technique is important. I'm not going to say it's not. And if you're fighting somebody else who wants to fight the same way and is the same size or maybe even bigger, it works. But I said, I'm not using your techniques, right? Like if you do this, I'm, I may not do what, what is something that uh, another BJJ guy would do. I'm just going to do this instead. He's like, well, it doesn't really work like that. I'm like, well, this is a fight, right? You told me with your skills and your movements. No rules, dude. Yeah. Right. Your movements aren't going to, if I'm stronger, and bigger. I, I know there's certain things you can do. Like, I'm not saying entirely it's not true. And maybe it's just that he was terrible at, at jujitsu. That could be it too. He may have been like the worst guy. And maybe I get somebody who actually knows what they're doing. They could actually submit me and lock me down and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I've only had one guy actually like in traffic say, let's pull over and fight. And I actually pull over and then he said he was going to call the police on me. Like he actually came up and I took my knives out of my pocket. I said, okay, let's go. I said, my wife's here. If any one of us gets hurt, I'll, if, if you say stop, I'll stop. And if I say stop, you stop. But I said, let's fight. Let's go. And he actually was getting ready for it. And he goes, no, this is stupid. I'm not going to do this. I said, well, then why? Like he was being a complete jerk. It's like, I'm calling the cops right now. I said, yeah. I said, give him my name. You might either one of two, two of my neighbors are cops. They'll come down. They know who I am. But. Yeah, and then the, the older I get, the more I realize that it is not even worth it, you know? And I'm enjoying being at that place. Like, this what happened last night was a rare exception, but only because she's behind me honking, honking, honking. And, uh, yeah. And I, have, I have no one to prove anything to. Yeah, exactly. My wife is the only person I want to impress. And that doesn't ever impress your wife, ever. <laughs> it well, just gets you in trouble. It would only impress her if it's self-defense. Yeah. Right? Or you're defending her. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, you yeah. know, I don't have anything to prove to anybody. I don't have anybody to impress. And no one cares. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, let's say you got into an incident it's not your fault or it was your fault doesn't matter you took the worst butt whooping you've ever taken no one would care vice you know vice versa you gave somebody the worst butt whooping. You, you're putting yourself at risk for liability both civilly and criminally mm -hmm. you can go to jail and they can sue you for everything you own for the next 200 years mm -hmm. I, you know it's just not worth anything and 100%. in this litigious world we live in, where you can sue anybody for anything, uh, it's not worth it. You live in. And I'm telling you that, um, oh, no, you live in it, too, my friend. It's not Maybe a, not in your province. It's not it, yeah. Um, but in your, um, in that little middle province of y'all's, um, not long ago there was a case where a person had a extensive criminal background and gang affiliation attacked a citizen was thoroughly chastised physically and has now been allowed to sue his would-be victim hmm. yeah what? yeah what no I agree Canada's getting well I mean you've been, we've had examples of that here one after the other after the other and no it shouldn't be possible mm -hmm. you broke into my house i shoot you no one should be allowed to sue for that no unless you broke my door and i tell you what you should be allowed to sue the dead guy's family to fix your door 
-hmm. Maybe then every family out there will control their little animals more as they grow up. We're not holding people accountable for the society we live in now. No, it's true. And I am 100%. I want to find an equitable and fair way to hold parents accountable for their little animals. (laughs) You know, your kid comes out and he's 11, right? And he stabs the neighbor or he does this or does that. Some of that blame is on the parent. Because mm-hmm. that's a child. Yeah, I'd, I'd say all the blame at that age. I, I mean, kids are responsible for their actions, but if a kid is at that point, then he is not being raised even close to the right way and the, that a child should be raised. The exceptions to all of this are so rare. Yeah. And the most recent one I know of is from years ago, and it was a girl she was a six-year-old girl, and she killed her family, everybody but her brother, because she wanted to. She's evil, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. She's um, one of the most fascinating cases I ever studied. Yuck. Because um, she's that's gross. She's super intelligent, right? She's genius-level intelligent at four, and but she was evil. Hmm. And. She wanted what she wanted. They said no, and okay, screw you guys. I'm killing you. And she's so calm and evil when she talks about it. I mean, you can look it look it up on the old interwebs and watch the <clears throat> interview of her as a little girl talking about killing her family. Oh, my God. Yeah. You look at it, and you're like, ah, ah, that's the devil. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it scares me, literally. But it's one of the most fascinating cases. But that is so rare. No one could have controlled that, right? Mm-hmm. No one but evil is to blame for that. Um, but you you have a broken home, an abusive home, um, an alcoholic home, a drug-addicted home, and your kid becomes an animal. You are responsible for that. Mm-hmm. And we need to find a way as a society to just accept that and then find a way, an equitable, fair way of holding the parents accountable mm-hmm. along with the kids yep <clears throat> i think we just need uh tougher sentencing and like uh, like i'm not all for just locking people up in jail for ever and ever and ever i'm like okay here's the deal we need to take these criminals and put them to work put them to hard labor doing things that taxpayers pay other companies to do like paving roads like what if every criminal worked six days a week on a road crew they don't get paid they get their meals like we're giving them their meals anyways and make it so when you are in jail you are doing hard labor and if you've never done hard labor in your life too bad you're gonna get blisters on your hands but what if what if you did that right and so okay you still have to house them and, and you have to you know i'm not saying like uh you treat them subhuman, but you treat them like a human who has done wrong and is paying for their sin, paying for their crime. And have it at a point, like, okay, you know what? You steal a car, you steal cars, $100,000. Uh, minimum wage, we'll, we'll base your time on current minimum wage because that, you know, generally kind of keeps up with what economies are doing. So you need, to, you make 15 bucks an hour. It's going to take this many hours to pay off this car. And you work 10 hours a day because we're nice to you. 
and 10 hours a day, six days a week, but yet your jail sentence is exactly this many days. And each one of those days, except for one day, you get a rest because your body needs a rest, but you're going to be working on a road crew. And if that was what our justice system was, people would think twice. And it, it, like you just say, no, that's it. It's fully enforced, right? And, and you set it all up that way, and you've got the guards there. Nobody runs away. It's not like these guys are good. And then for more violent things, you just have way worse sentences, right? Or just lock those guys up in utter darkness. If you kill a person, you'll never see the light of day again in your life. Done. Full stop. Um, hmm. Here's a question for you. Hmm. And I didn't know this. I, I mean, I was aware of it, but I've never thought of it because... I'm not there, but I'm here. But now, maybe we need to take some lessons somehow. I was watching a uh, documentary about a guy in Denmark uh, that committed murder. Then he talked a little bit in the uh, documentary about the justice system in Denmark. Well, you don't do life in prison. You don't have the death penalty. And they don't, they don't seem to be very... Um, stiff sentences as far as number of years for murder <clears throat> but they don't have repeat offenders hmm. like we do it's so rare you commit a murder you go to jail for i don't know three to ten years you get out and you never do it again you're a productive member of society what is different hmm. they have clean humane jails allegedly um what is it? Is it their society as a whole? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, and I think the the one reporter, I think, said it pretty good um, when she said, part of it may be that in our society, that kind of behavior isn't accepted at any level. Hmm. Like, we don't, there's no good reason for murder mm -hmm. at all, period. Mm -hmm. um, not even self-defense. Um, but if you defend yourself from being killed, they don't call it that. You know, it's just, okay, somebody tried to kill you, and you, they move on with life. Mm -hmm. uh, it, was, it was, and I think some of what she was trying to say does not translate well from Danish to us, but. Hmm. Anyway, it's just weird to me. And then to um, prove or disprove what they were saying in the documentary, I did my own research. Um, and, yeah, it's true. They don't have a, a statistically um, remarkable recidivism rate. You know, they just don't. Hmm. I'm like, wow, that's weird. What is it about their society that maybe we could pick from and try to seed that in our society. Yeah. Um, because I know in America, the justice system is completely broken. Um, it needs to be the structure, the physical structure of our justice system needs to be wiped clean and started again. We had a good idea, but it went wayward a long time ago. Um, yeah. No prisons for profit. If we're going to put people in prison, it should be on the taxpayer's back. That way we pay more attention to it. Uh, we need to have a litmus test for people in jail. 
What did you commit? Okay, are you likely to commit that crime again? Mm-hmm. If you are more likely than not to be a repeat offender, you stay in prison. Mm-hmm. If you are more likely than not to not offend again, you let you're let out and you get all your rights back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that should be the way it is. And I don't know how to a fair and equitable way to implement something like that. That's the only thing that makes sense in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, in prison, this going to prison is in and of itself supposed to be the punishment. What you do while you're there is supposed to be rehabilitative in nature. So you get access to the law library, of course, but cable TV and all that, man, no. Mm-hmm. Prison should not be a cruel and unusual, but it shouldn't be pleasant either. Yeah. Um, we let the soft little liberals uh, talk us into, you know, too many things being cruel and unusual. No, no, they're not. Yeah. I'm um, surprised they don't give university education to inmates now, right? Oh, oh here's one, <laughs> and this is true. I swear to God, they do. But anyway, um, um, I went to a federal prison, uh, a military federal prison, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to, as a tour, I wasn't sentenced there. I was in the legal <laughs> career field, and we went over the. We went to our um, drug testing laboratory for uh, the Department of Defense. Toured that. We went to. Uh, places along the way of the military justice system, touring them, one of them was a prison, a federal military prison. I swear by all that is holy, the prisoners in that prison had a better life than I had growing up. Wow. They had a roof that didn't leak. They had three healthy square meals a day. Hmm. They had access to healthy snacks they could get from the commissary. Um... They had exercise time. They had access to education. They had access to counseling for whatever mm-hmm. their problem was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, all, and they were not mistreated in any way, shape, fashion, or form, and they're not allowed to mistreat each other mm-hmm. at all. Um, now, that's a rarity in our prison system, but it's still a prison, right? Yep. Now... Getting out of that particular prison, the repeat offender rate is almost like 1%. Hmm. So whatever they're doing there is good, but the quality of person going there is a little bit better than your average criminal because they were also military. Hmm. Yeah. You know, um, and it's kind of run like a military prison because it's a military prison. Yeah. where there's lines on the floor you have to stop on the line you have to ask for permission to do everything hmm. that's crazy uh, you know um, and I think that's a good thing mm-hmm. and if you have to ask permission every day every time you want to go pee you will get tired of that and you don't want to go back to prison yeah now I understand it gets tiresome for the guards but you get paid you get to go home at night Mm-hmm. It's just a job. Yeah. I'll just get tired. When, if, as long as they're on the line and they're asking, 
to go pee the way they're supposed to go pee, following the script. Just say yes and move on with your life. Mm-hmm. You don't have to mistreat anybody, and for the most part, they don't. Yeah. And those that do get caught and thrown out or put in that prison. Yeah. Um, but, you know, prison shouldn't, we don't need cruel and unusual. Um, now, is education part of rehabilitation? I think it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that we need to go as far as some of the things that we've done, you know, free education. Um, no. We have a lady here in America <clears throat> that's going to be the first person to go to law school from prison. Like while she's in, she's going to go. Yeah, she's doing virtual law school. Yeah, see, see, now she has a better like. Who pays for that, right? Like we should. She not has be, a grant. So, she, so now as a criminal, she gets treated better than the someone the same age as her who literally is just scraping by, checking bags at the grocery store, you know, not doing any crime, trying to keep her family fed. Well, and she's a felon. When she gets out of prison, she's going to be a felon, and she can't be a lawyer. You can't be sworn into the bar as a felon. Yeah, yeah. You can't. Yeah. So she's going to have a law degree. That's entirely useful. one of the lawyers I watch on YouTube had a good point. If there is a good point, here's a good point. You know, um, charitable donations are the what the grant comes from. So the public is paying for her voluntarily to go to law school, right? There's going to be 10 of them eventually, but she's the first, and they're going to see how this works. No, but the charitable donations, are they from individuals or from companies? No, individuals. They know what they're giving to. It's, okay. There's nothing untoward about it. Yeah. There's no tax money involved. But there's no um, company giving the money, is there? No. Like a corporation? It's individuals? Yes, just okay. individuals. Okay, cool. Now... Once she gets her law degree, or while she's getting her law degree, she can also help other prisoners with their law work, their mm-hmm. appeals. Mm-hmm. And one of the broken things about our prison system is there are people in prison that were wrongfully convicted. Mm-hmm. And there are police out there that know they're uh, arresting the wrong people, and there are prosecutors that are railroading the wrong people, and they know it. Mm-hmm. They just need to clear a mark on the board. I got elections coming up. I need my murder rate down. Yeah. I don't care who we arrest for it. And that's an attitude that it really is out there. Mm-hmm. No, nope, you know. Um, like I've said before, in 2021, last year, 1,000 federal cases were overturned because they were wrongfully convicted. That's just federal that doesn't include anything local or state. Mm-hmm. A thousand people in federal courts were wrongfully convicted, not accidentally. Yeah. Wrongfully. That's that crazy. means federal prosecutors knew or did something knowingly wrong. Come on. Yeah. It's broken. Mm-hmm. 100%. But anyway, so, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there's some good coming out of this woman getting her, there could be some good coming out of her getting a law degree in prison, potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, well, you know, they're going to keep an eye on it. And everything is, uh, she has agreed that, you know, her grades and all that are going to be public, you know, because they need to drum up support. Do they want 
ten of these people next year. Yeah. Or nine more, but anyway. See, I don't think that a criminal should ever be a tax burden. And so, like, I, th- I honestly think work, every single one of them should have to work, produce value that they can pay for their, they should have to pay for their prison time. Like, okay, this was, this was your food bill. You ate this much while you were in prison. And since you're here, you know, you got to work and minimum wage. Like, like, why on earth some guy doing something wrong, a criminal, knowing, say, hey, I'm going to violate what is right. I'm going to do wrong. And eh, if I get caught, you guys are going to have to pay to keep me there for 10 years, right? Maybe more, maybe less. Like, that, that oh, it's just, it's such a, I don't understand how we even got to where we're at here. Like, you do something wrong, you make it right. You pay it back. If you want to get biblical about it, you have to pay it sevenfold. You know, the proverb says if a man steals to feed himself, he'll, you know, people, uh, People will not judge him too harshly, but he must pay it back sevenfold. Now, if somebody steals just to steal, that's way more intense. But, man, you know, like, I don't know. Until we realize that, that A, they've done something horribly wrong, they made a horrible decision, and it has had a negative impact on the life of another human being or multiple human beings, that is absolutely horrible, and that should be punished. And at the same time, by no tiny, not for one second, should that person be a tax burden to society. So he's got to pay for his crime, plus he has to pay for the food, the, the lodging, the electricity to turn the lights on in the prison, the gas to heat the prison, the, the gas to heat the hot water so he can shower. Like he needs to be treated like a human being, but he must pay for every single thing. And I guarantee, if you simply shifted to that motto, I guarantee crime rates would just plummet. Because getting caught would be the crappiest thing. You steal a $10,000 car, that could end up putting you in jail for five to 10 years. And that's just to pay back your wrong. That would suck. You know, petty theft, ah, well, yeah, I, I stole some Nikes. Even that would suck. Because now you got to go to jail. you got to pay for the jail time. You should have to pay for your lawyers, pay for all this stuff. Like, why does tax money go to deal with criminals? That whole concept to me is fully retarded. Fully retarded. I, as a good, honest, hardworking citizen, pay my taxes, and part of that money goes to dealing with the bad people. What? Man, like, just society. <laughs> the society we live in is just so dumb dumber than a bag of rocks. Like, I've met bags of rocks that are way more intelligent than the society at large. Ay, ay, ay. We've had some good ranting today, though, Todd. One thing we never talked about was food, though. But, uh... So we tried that Italian beef yeah, you talked about. What are you smoking this weekend? Uh, oh, I got a, we got a brisket. We got a... Ooh, I don't know if I'll be able to do a brisket. Maybe Sunday. But, you know, you talked about Italian beef on our last show. And I'd oh, never, yes. never heard of it before. I'm like, well, what? And then you discovered. Yes. My word, it is an amazing, amazing way to prepare beef. Oh, it was so good, man. Like, and Steph made rolls. And so that's like her bread. It's just phenomenal. But man, the, the, she found a recipe. I said, well, Todd says he, he's got a good recipe for the slow cooker. So she found one. And what are those uh, jarred, like canned vegetables? 
Gargiandini or something yeah. like never even heard of those in my, in my life and uh, lo and behold the grocery store that's 10 minutes down the road they have them so I'm like sweet yeah man that's some good stuff there I'm glad I discovered it I'm glad you told me about it I discovered it <laughs> you cooking up anything amazing this weekend I don't know I wanted to cook my homemade three meat spaghetti, but I don't know if I'm going to. Hmm. You know one thing I want to try? Nothing amazing, but um, I heard, I heard, heard that, uh, and I'm just curious. This person said that Stefan, a food blog or something, but plain old hot dogs, right? They said the best hot dogs you'll ever have. You take the hot dogs and you boil them in beer for like three minutes, and then you cook them on the grill. Or the other way around. Yeah? Or if you're cooking them on the grill, mm-hmm. like you have a flat top, you cook them on that, you pour a beer on it and then cover it up with one of those domes. Yeah, yeah. Let it steam in the beer. There you go. Is it good? Super awesome. Really? Like that much different than just a regular hot dog? Yes. Oh, good. I'm going to try that then because uh, we got some hot dogs and I got a flat top. And... Uh, <laughs> I have a beer or two. Oh, yeah. I got beer. Look at this. I've got all <laughs> the ingredients for a perfect lunch. Yeah, not, I'm not a huge... Ah, I can't say that. I, yeah, I really like hot dogs. Like, when I was going to state, man, I had a hot dog every single day at coffee break. Hot dog just loaded with onions. But um, try not to eat them. Steph doesn't love them. As a kid, when I was like a kid growing up, I hated hot dogs. Wouldn't eat them. And, of course, that's the most annoying thing for a parent it's like okay we're gonna have a barbecue a bunch of people over the kids just eat the hot dogs because it's cheap and then your kid's like no i don't eat any hot dogs that was difficult but <laughs> i need the steak <laughs> sorry I grew up, our hot dogs were just boiled yeah, yeah and i didn't really care for them and then i had my first grilled hot dog that was just black and skin falling off of it i'm like oh my god this is good yeah it all depends on hot dog too right like or you take a really good hot dog, like a Nathan's or, a, you know, something like that. Okay. You wrap it in bacon. Yeah. And then you cook it. Yeah. On the grill or yeah. the griddle. You, pork wrap pork. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or pork wrap beef. Exactly. I, I mean, whatever. Yeah. I think that's, oh. that's why we're friends. Hey, we, we got this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're speaking my language, Todd. Okay, that's what I'm having this weekend. There we bacon go. Hot dogs. <laughs> that's right. You do the bacon wrapped. I'm gonna do the beer soaked. Yeah. Well, bacon beer soaked. Big. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Man, how you could just keep going with it, eh? <laughs> but uh, good oh, stuff. Um, I saw some uh, picture on the social medias this week. Um, Might have been yesterday. Somebody take corn dog. They split them mm-hmm. and put chili and cheese and then cook them. Ooh, that'd be good. I'm like, a chili cheese corn dog. I'm not, I don't know. I, I, that, that would be really, really good. Yeah. That's crazy. I had a corn dog on the weekend. My daughter never had a corn dog in her life. Excuse me. <coughs> oh, sorry. I just sneezed. Uh, my daughter never had a corn dog, and we're at the rodeo, and it's, so we went to the parade in the morning, 
and then we stayed in town. We, we had to go back get our volunteer passes, and then uh, went to the rodeo, and then we stayed for the chalk wagon. So we were in Strathmore from like 7:30 in the morning to like nine o'clock at night. And we weren't planning that. We were going to go to the rodeo in the afternoon one day and the chucks in the evening the next day. But we thought, you know what, let's just get it all over with. The downside to that is that we had to eat in Strathmore all day long. And I was kind of looking forward to it. But it's basically just like carnival food all day long. And so I, I had a corn dog. My daughter didn't want one. She tried a bite, didn't like it. But, uh, oh, I just like the worst. For lunch, I had... I really, it wasn't a good hamburger, a hamburger and fries. And then I was a little hungry like an hour later, so I had like these spiral cut potatoes. And then I had poutine for supper, a corn dog for supper, another order of fries for supper, um, a couple of beers. And oh, you know what? Like, there's no option for good food. Like, you can't go just get a nice salad or a nice steak. Uh, there's one place, it was a smokehouse, and they had like, um, brisket poutine but it was like 20 some bucks and we were going to do that for a snack we just kind of forgot but i went there and like you can get a nice a decent quality like a brisket on a bun for like 20 dollars. and i'm like there's six of us that's 120 bucks for each of us to have one single sandwich sorry so we went to the less expensive places but uh you know you're looking forward to like just eating like not good for a day and then after that day is passed it's like oh man that was so gross why did i do that <laughs> it's like you couldn't drink enough water the next day for all the salt you took in Ugh. Well, speaking but. of food court food what blade show do you want to try to go to why is that <laughs> remember we talked about going to maybe meeting yeah. up at a blade show yeah which one i would only go to the big one i think I don't know, maybe it'd be worth going to, like, because they got, what, Blade Show West? Is they usually Texas, Utah, and Atlanta. They have one in Montana, or California, too. They have Blade Show West? I, I ignore California. Oh, okay. It doesn't I, exist to me. I don't want to go to Utah. I don't like Utah. <laughs> people are weird. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then Atlanta is like terrifying, man. Like you just get killed if you go to Atlanta, apparently. <laughs> no, I, I, and that's I, just the airport. That's right. Atlanta. No, I would go. I would like to go to the Blade Blade, but yeah. And that's the one in Atlanta, right? Yeah. I would like to go, and, and I'd like to. I'd like to meet certain people, but I wouldn't want to like get recognized. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying well, I necessarily would. What's, what's that? So we can make it down low. Yeah. Um, at the rodeo, I was, I was sitting there, I was talking. It's fine. Like, uh, nice guy, but he's like, hey, I watch your YouTube videos. You're simple little life, right? I'm like, yeah. And uh, nice guy. Like, it's funny because we've actually chatted on Instagram and he's begged. Um, he might listen to this. I don't know, but he's asked. He's told me that if if you ever make another one of those kitchen cleavers, just let me know. I'll buy it. Like he really wants. He's asked me a couple times for a knife, and I'm like, I'm not really, not really taking custom orders right now. But um, yeah, it's just kind of weird. It's funny because we were with uh, Steph's cousin was there, and uh, he's like, what? <laughs> he's kind of shocked at what happened. He's like, I met him. His name's Jesse James. His last name, but he's like, what? Somebody just came up and met you, and like, yeah, it's like that happened all the time. I'm like, no, 
Well, it happens sometimes, you know, a couple times a year, you're just somewhere, and it's just, it's odd, right? But I, I think if you were, to, if I were to go to a Blade show, I think there's potential a lot of people might be like, hey, you know, because, I mean, it's a, it's a very small community, and and hear a lot of people that have seen my videos, but, and that, that part of it, I don't know if I would love, you know what I mean, like. I would love it. Why? You're walking around with you and have to stop every two minutes because somebody, oh, Jeremy from Simple Little Life. I'd just be rolling. <laughs> hey, let me see your phone. I'll take a selfie for you. Come on. Yeah, no. Yeah. Go ahead. Put your arm around Jeremy. He loves it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I just put a shirt. I'll just put a big sign that says <laughs> unvaccinated. Speak to me at your own risk. <laughs> Plague rat. <laughs> I bite. Touch it on risk. <laughs> That's right. No. Not, it, but then at the same time, it's uh, every time I meet these people, like people come up, I'm glad. I'm like, hey, that's cool, you know. And it's a, like it's neat to know that somebody else that lives close to me is interested in knives. I, I find it great. And you know what? If if I didn't have any social media whatsoever, I wouldn't know a lot of local people. And you know, I've gone made knives with some local people, and and so that part of it's really cool, you know. And then even tons of like, there's a lot of people I really like. Uh, you know, a lot of different people that do podcasts, their Instagram, their YouTube, and it would genuinely be fun to hang out, you know, for a while. Because it's, it's like you and I, you become friends having never met in person, but you just know you get along, right? And then meeting in person would just be that much better. So that would be the fun part. But uh, yeah, we should do that. Because, well, that's what, 10 months away or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's in June. So. Yeah. And I'm pretty I'll pencil sure. pencil it in. That way, I don't. We don't make plans. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to fly now, as a plague rat. But I still think it'd be awesome if we all got together at a big one of the big fairs and just do fair food, and uh, yeah. do a podcast about it. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, so like the Calgary Stampede has got some pretty crazy fair food, like. You know, I remember this probably five, ten years ago, they had like deep fried Oreos. And that's a little more common now, but they've got this one where it's like a chicken sandwich. And instead of bread as a bun, it's a massive pickle. That's gross. <laughs> oh, good, man. They got a couple pieces of fried chicken in there. You don't like pickles and fried chicken? I love Chick-fil-A sandwiches, so pickle and chicken go together, but I'm not eating a, a pickle bun. <laughs> yeah. I think they probably cut like a good inch out of the middle because proportionally it doesn't look like it it's like half of a pickle that big you know but it's just like weird stuff like that they, uh, they're always known for just pushing it kind of and then um one thing that's good is like you get a, a turkey drumstick but they're like 30 bucks but you feel like a real man eating that you know you got this drumstick that's like yeah size of a bowling pin that'd be fun hey i wonder where like if there's like state fairs or places that are just known to be like over the top for food. I bet Minnesota Minneapolis State Fair. Or Minnesota State Fair? Yeah. The Texas State Fair are two notable ones oh, Okay. With uh, for foodies. Yeah. Then there's a couple of fairs in uh, California, but again, I don't go there. <laughs> Come on. Uh, San Diego and a couple others are just really awesome for food, they say, but Again, it's California. Oh, come I'm on, not, I'm not going. I'm not giving them any of my money. No, Screw you, them. you fly into San Diego, 
it's like basically downtown the airport. You boom. You, oh, I love San Diego, man. It, it's still giving California <clears throat> my money. I have it. Yeah. Uh, but the I think the number one one is Minnesota State Fair. Okay. See, I'm I'm like Minnesota. They're they're liberal. Like they're crazy liberal. And it's so funny because everyone I know from from Minnesota isn't. Hmm. But whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't I think know about anybody like, from, like, Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, you know, for the big cities. Um, it's like most of Illinois, if you look at it geographically, is conservative. Mm-hmm. Just all the big cities with the people, the population, are liberal. Yeah. Yeah, I listen to, I still, like, I've gotten back into listen to Minnesota Public Radio because i got internet in my shop now. And, um, you know, tons of bicycle manufacturers are in Minneapolis like the bicycle scene like Surly's from Minneapolis and uh, yeah so there's this you hear about all these restaurants and all these things and I'm like oh Minneapolis would be cool I mean I've flown through there I don't know how many times over and over and over again I've probably been to that airport 20 30 40 times but I don't know that I've ever gotten out you know and actually checked the place out so man maybe there's state fair it sounds like a lot of fun you know I've been through Minneapolis twice, uh, the airport, and the second, the last mm-hmm. time I went through, somebody tried to pick my pocket, mm-hmm. but I don't have my wallet in my back pocket when I fly or travel. Mm-hmm. They stuck their hand in my pocket. I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> well, feels good. Can you get my other cheek, please? <laughs> I love bum massages. Like, what was that? I said, I'm just creeping out of pickpocket. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I've only ever been like attempted pickpocketed in Russia, these little gypsy kids. And it's so bad that the, the only thing you end up resorting to is you lock your hands in your pockets, stick your elbows straight out, lock your elbows and spin around and smack them enough in the side of the head that they eventually stop trying. Literally, you literally have to hit these kids, you kick these kids, and they, they will literally, you'll have your hands in your pockets. They'll grab your hand, try to lift it out and put their hand in your pocket. So you actually resort to slapping them and hitting them to get them to go away. And it's such a horrible thing to do. Ten of them on you. What are you going to do when there's ten kids that are literally like rats? Just come in. Grab one by the neck and hold it up. Yeah. Until his legs quit twitching. That wouldn't, they they don't care about him. Yeah, that was brutal. I hated that. There's certain parts of Moscow you just went to. And honestly, like I'd probably, you'd probably have to kick, kick a kid a hundred times, you know, when you're, when you're going to your bus. It's just, it's brutal because you hate doing it. But at the same time, you, you can't let them take your wallet, <laughs> you know. But. It's, uh, it was like that in Turkey hmm. when we went. Uh, you, you leave the base and go downtown shopping. You just get swarmed. They come out of everywhere like roaches. Yeah. And they're, they have to do what they're doing, you know, because either a member of their family or the local crime lord is making them beg, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or steal or whatever they're doing. And... Uh, I had this one kid uh, stuck his hand in my pocket and I grabbed him by the front of his shirt and uh, twisted it, you know, right? So it's mm-hmm. getting tight on his neck. And funny enough, he knew English enough yeah. of it. Yeah. And uh, he was, you know, saying he was sorry, wasn't trying to steal anything, won't do it again, while he's still trying to steal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, 
I'm trying to hold him at arm's length. And then the, uh, the, I think the only people that gendarme cared about saving was us, the military guys. Mm-hmm. And they'd come over and just, you know, hit the kids with the butt of their rifle. Yeah. Ugh! And yeah. I'm like, yeah, hey, don't do that. So we learned you just throw some spare change on the ground and yeah. run the yeah. other way. <clears throat> and uh, it could, and then I had one kid try to sell me a sister. Really, really do. Wow. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's something else, hey? It's just sick. Yeah. And I went there nine times. And by the ninth time, uh, I just, I hated Turkey. I still hate Turkey. Hmm. Um, well, whatever. Yeah. I just do. Yeah. But uh, don't forget. You forgot to send me a picture of that internet. Oh, shoot. Issue. I totally did. I even told Steph I was going out to do it a couple times. Like, oh, good. good, good, good. Yeah, okay, good, good. We'll do it. Hey, while you're out in the shop taking that picture, you can find that spare uh, Russian knife sharpener. I will. And uh, <laughs> Just... uh, No, I will. And uh, I have another one coming, too. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they, they want to send me the exact same one, the Cadet Pro. And they want... I, I don't know what they're saying. I got to talk to them because they're like, <gasps> "How dare you do work business yeah. with Russians?" Know, oh but, my god! But they're sending me two of them, and one as part of a giveaway. But I'm like, okay, I've, I've showed this sharpener twice already, so you want me to show the third time? I'll just announce it as a giveaway, and I'll be like, "Hey, this is a giveaway. Leave a comment below. I'll pick a random comment picker, and the TS Prof is going to ship it directly to you. So they're they're only sending me one, and the winner gets one." May have to hold on to this one in case they don't actually send the winner one. But I'll just oh, say you any. You know my address. Just tell yeah, them I want. That's right. <laughs> any... Just kidding. Yeah. Okay, this contest has forever recorded the most podcasts with me. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a few people I've done podcasts. I've been on your podcast. So, Knife Talk's been twice, three times. Well, Todd, looks like you've done more podcasts with me. You win. <laughs> <laughs> but then, what am I going to do with three of the exact same knife sharpeners? Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. It, um, oh, sorry. I just, something outside caught my attention. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to. I had deer out in the pasture this morning. Yeah. I mean, Dude. big deer. Really? The biggest I've seen, uh, the two biggest I've seen since I've lived here. Hmm. I got to sling some arrows. We're less than a month away from hunting season opening up. I've got to get some... Uh, that's a good thing about being here. Yeah. If it's in my yard, it's hunting season. That's true, yeah. <laughs> There's certain things here, like if we actually had a deer problem, like legitimately, you know, destroying our crops or something, and we relied on that for income, then you can you can claim open season. But I think we'd have a hard time justifying that. I, and I... Um, I don't know if I'm going to... I was going to hunt this year. I don't know if I am now. Because we have an upsweep in wasting disease. Mm-hmm. Everywhere in North America. Every, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Because we have mandatory head submissions here now. And we never did. So if you shoot one, you have to bring the head in. They test it and you take it back. Take a sample. But it's mandatory. I think it's almost everywhere in Alberta now. But. Oh, here fun, you can fun. get them tested if you want. And they recommend it. But. I don't think it's mandatory yet. Yeah. 
I do know if you're gonna. Actually, I don't know, no, because you know if you get a deer mm-hmm. and you're not gonna eat it, you can donate it to the needy or the homeless, right? Oh, there okay. are programs to do that. You can also do that with roadkill. Mm-hmm. Where I used to live, you have to have that tested, right? And it's no. free. Yeah. But I don't know about here. Hmm. Um, it would seem like a good thing to do, but um, on one hand. On the other hand, it might just be a way of <laughs> decreasing the deer and homeless population. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I mean, I'm kidding, folks. <clears throat> See, I don't know that you're allowed to. I don't know if you can shoot and donate the meat here. I'm not. I don't think we can. And I don't think you're allowed to harvest any roadkill, not even for yourself here. I don't think. Like I said, I haven't looked into it, but I've never, ever heard of. I know, like in Alaska, I remember seeing guys picking deer up off the side of the. Or, was it deer? Yeah. I think there's a deer on the side of the road and they're throwing it into their trucks and help them throw it in there and they're just going to take it down and there's even butchers in town that will just process it and then drop it off at shelters and stuff like that but you cannot harvest roadkill for yourself or somebody you know yeah because then you would just be running into deer all day (laughs) Um, but if you accidentally hit a deer you can call wildlife and then they have a program of donating it to um, uh, a homeless kitchen yeah so, so if you can, this, this thing kind of sparked my mind. What you do is you buy yourself a little, uh, like a six-foot, eight-foot-wide bobcat bucket and uh, just weld it to the front bumper of your truck and just go plowing deer. Don't even have to load them. Just take their legs out from under, boom, they're inside. And now you just like, good, drive home, <laughs> drive into the, um, the garage, slam the brakes on, comes rolling out, go back and get your next one. Mr. Gertz, uh, what do you got here in the bucket? Uh, Roadkill deer. Um, are you sure about that? Absolutely. Well, the tire tracks go right through this nature preserve. <laughs> and, then the, and then the Calgary Zoo. <laughs> hey, it's roadkill. There's three deer inside this bucket you welded up. <laughs> and they've all got broken ankles. <laughs> it's weird. It's real weird. <laughs> Oh, yes. Brilliance. Sheer brilliance. Man, we come up with the best ideas, Todd. Oh, no. I have one idea that's better than that. What's that? Hold on to your hat. Okay. Let's implement a midget hunting season. <laughs> Let me guess. It'll be a real short one. <laughs> no. Only small caliber <laughs> See, stuff like this is stuff like this it hurts people's feelings, Todd. Borland. <laughs> so mean. Yeah, in order to get a tag, you have to enter a lottery. You have to guess a number between one and three foot six. <laughs> 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 You're horrible. <laughs> oh, Todd, that's terrible. That's terrible. I walked through the. I, I was doing something. And I walked back into the living room one day, and then I hadn't turned the channel, and the the Johnsons were on the the show about the midgets. Okay. Uh, little people, and there were 
they're still fretting like two seasons now while they're the ex-husband selling the farm or if the kids want to run it and all this and I'm like this is so stupid <laughs> I mean come on it's a show about midgets and oh god and yeah, I have to question okay I have to question the sanity of a normal-sized person that marries a midget. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, if you're a midget, you don't have a choice. You're going to marry a midget. You don't want to marry a midget because they're a midget, but you're a midget, so you, your choices are limited. Mm -hmm. But a regular-sized person that wants to marry a midget has some issues. Yeah, it's weird. Ay, ay, ay. Particularly... <clears throat> A female full-size person that marries a, a little person male hmm. that's just weird yeah takes all kinds to make the world go round oh yeah <sighs> well it's good I should uh, I should get to work here though got to uh, take some signs into town today Fortunately, too many for my motorcycle. Make two trips. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> it's a brilliant idea. I could do two trips on my bike, and it'll still be cheaper than one trip in my car. Man, yeah, what is going on with this gas? Yeah. Ours is coming down right now. Ours is coming down a bit, actually. Oh, that's what they keep saying. <clears throat> you know, the news is trying to cover up from the public eye trying to excuse everything that's going on they've redefined what inflation means yeah uh, on wikipedia to align with biden's policy and he's like oh gas came down a penny you know quit crying really dude hmm. really no, and then you go like beg saudi arabia when you're the one that calls this stuff by shutting down the pipeline mm -hmm. ours came down like 10 20 cents a liter uh maybe 10 cents a liter so that's like 40 cents a gallon so that's it's noticeable but i love that motorbike man because i go i fill up about once in anywhere over like 200 kilometers and when gas was at its highest i could do 200 kilometers and it was 20 bucks to fill it up so it's 10 guess how much it took to drive the truck from here to new york and back you took your truck? Yeah, because it's the more comfortable. Uh, 475 bucks US. Add add another Benjamin, and you have it to the dollar. 575, wow. That's nuts. That's nuts. Apparently, plane tickets are expensive, too. I heard uh, another guy talking on a podcast. The plane tickets right now are super high. I think a blade show would be a fun bike trip. <clears throat> Ride my motorbike down there. From basically Calgary to Atlanta? Yeah. Holy smokes. Well, I'd do that. I'd do it any day. That'd be great. I think I'll just drive behind you in a Cadillac. Yeah. The longest, I, I'd done a four-day motorbike trip once, and that was... It was just a cruise. It was like right before I got married. 
uh, my dad said, oh, we should do, you know, one last motorcycle trip together. So we literally just drove around California, Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico. We just rode. We rode about six to eight hundred miles a day, four days in a row. It was so fun. They just ride. Decide where we were going to sleep and try and get there and ride. I don't know. I think I could do months on end on a motorbike. All day, every day, I could do it. I could have, but I can't now. Um, yeah. If there was any way I could still ride, I'd still have my motorcycles. Yeah. But yeah. I know if I still had them, I would ride them and I would hurt myself worse. Yeah. You know, I, I would never have good days on my back. Because I would, if I could get on the bike, I'd ride it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still may, there still may be a chance of me getting an old man bike, uh, a Goldwing. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, they go and I thought, good. you know, the first time I rode one, I thought it was going to be, because there's big bikes. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this thing's going to be unrideable it's going to be unwieldy because i have been used to riding the large harley mm-hmm. and i'm like you get on this thing and it's perfectly balanced mm-hmm. it is so awesome you're like really harley couldn't do this no yeah like and the, and the new ones like they i remember ad campaigns years ago they had like nikki hayden uh who's a, a super bike racer he would he took this thing he'd wheelie the gold wings and like just come out of a corner pull the front he'd carry a wheelie on these things and yeah i know especially like you know in the 80s they were different because they had you know the the steel frames and stuff like that but these new ones they're fast you know they six cylinders and comfortable and that's what they tried to go with something that you could enjoy the twisties you know what you're gonna ride this bike you know that'd be fun well you know the um piece of road that all the motorcycle riders uh, dream of going to up in North Georgia, the tail of the dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who does the tours there he does it on a Goldwing. Oh, wow. And he can outrun on his Goldwing, which has had just a tiny bit of work done, and he has uh, by its good tires, uh, the sticky kind, mm-hmm. uh, and he's never had a bike that could keep up with him. Wow, that's crazy. They'll have super bike riders. Um, oh, he had, what's his face? Um, ah, I can't remember his name, but he did uh, actual, the Formula Superbike racing mm-hmm. uh, about a decade ago. He was my favorite racer. I can't think of his name. Anyway, he couldn't do it. Max Biaggi? No, he... Mm-hmm. Um, he's in a, I think, I don't know whether he was... Spanish or American, but anyway. Hmm. Um, once That's I forget crazy. something, I, I, I actually forget it. Yep. But yeah, he uh, awesome. Huh. And he's got the best c- color of uh, um, Goldwing. Yeah. Honda yellow. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah, it's good. It's a lot like the Ferrari yellow. Yeah. <clears throat> right on. I bought one about right after COVID hit. I had uh, had thirteen miles on it. Oh wow! And it was that yellow. 
Um, a little bit older, but only 13 miles. The guy bought it and then had a heart attack and died. And his oh. wife left it in the garage hmm. for all those years. But I waited on it too long. And then, uh, you know, somebody else. She gone. Yep. Right on. All right, brother. Well, thanks for thanks for the podcast, Todd. It was a lot of fun. And uh, thanks to the listeners for listening. I think we saw wow, two a, hours and fifteen minutes. This will make up for some of the things we missed. That's right. That's right. I'll be grateful. That's right. We solved a lot of the world's problems today, and created a few new ones. <laughs> well, you know the paradox of discussion. That's right. Uh, right on. Well, uh, we'll see y'all next week. See you, folks.